How come, you know, that God, you're not there. People will pray and say, God, you weren't there. I, I trusted you and you weren't there. And I want to tell you, God was there, but we've allowed uh, the, the open door to be there that the enemy will come in and bring deception because his whole uh, desire is to steal, kill, and destroy what God has given you. And so we're going to learn today uh, regarding wounded warriors. Wounded warriors. Um, don't miss next week because we're really going to give you a lot of good news next week. But today, again, I want to talk about wounded warriors. And what do we mean by this? We're going to talk about emotional healing today. Because there are a lot of situations in my life and in yours. Until we get, and I'm going to use this term a lot the next couple of weeks, we get a grip on spiritual things of realizing that there's an enemy out there that is trying to literally uh, talk with you and get you to believe his way. And it turns into bondage. And one of the major things we'll talk about is emotional healing. Now, I want you to know that there are five things that I've set in front of you is basically the ministry of Jesus Christ and what he did when he went to the cross. And we're going to go over this today. We're going to also go over uh, the areas of emotional healing. And I'm going to give you seven things that when we are not, and I'm going to use the term, emotionally well, what happens is these seven things can come into our life and, and bring havoc and chaos and confusion in your life when, when we understand that confusion, God is not the author of confusion. When he came, Jesus came in the flesh. He died. He rose again. He came for a specific reason, to give you these things. And when we understand this, and the enemy comes in to try to uh, deceive us, then we can stand up and say, no, these are the things I have. You have no control over my life. And so I decide, not my will, but God's will be done. Amen? Amen. So, so let's dive into this. Um, actually, at the conclusion, I am going to pray for all of you regarding emotional healing. Because I believe it's one of the major battles that a lot of Christians lose. Not because Jesus didn't give you victory, it's because we don't know he gave us victory over it, all right? So last week, we spoke about a mind set free, talking about our thoughts and, and renewing our thoughts to the Word of God. But in Luke 4, it's a familiar story, and let's read this beginning with verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he, Jesus, was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty, notice the word liberty, to set at liberty those who are 
oppressed or in bondage, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on Jesus. Now they were fixed on Jesus. He was reading a messianic prophecy, and they knew this. And this is what Jesus said to them. And Jesus began to say to them, today this scripture, the scripture he just read, is fulfilled in your hearing. Now I want you to understand when he, Jesus just doesn't flippantly say words. He says that today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And what we need to understand is faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. Jesus said, I am Him, I'm your Messiah. Jesus is saying to you, today, this day, I'm Him in your life, in that area of your life. Jesus Christ has come and fulfilled all things for you and for me. Now, in this passage are the five foundational ministries of Jesus. You can write these down if you desire, and I'm going to quickly go over them. I'm going to go deep in an area, but I'm going to quickly go over some things to you. And these are the things that we should know. These are the things that we should, as a believer, as a Christian, know and understand. And so what you're going to find this end of this year and next year, we are going to really dig into these areas and we're going to really cover these in a very strong way so that when you face the enemy, this demonic force that wants to come in and open door, that wants to come in and deceive you, you will stand and rise up and say, no, you have no control I am not in budge. I am free in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus Christ has covered this, and you cannot lie to me and tell me that I can't live this life. Now, some of you should have said amen, because right now you're struggling. Jesus said again, I'm him. And so let's, let's go ahead. Let me show you uh, the five ministries that he wants to do for every person. And I'm talking to Christians. These are five things that Jesus wants to do for you today. This is the day. First of all, salvation. It says, preach the gospel to the poor and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It's saying, now is a time when you accept the Lord so that the Lord can accept you. That's how it works. Now is the time, because some of us are walking around in our life with emotional hurt, and we're thinking we're not good enough. And I want to tell you, the only way that we are good enough is that we understand 
that Jesus Christ came and died, shed his blood, rose again for your and my salvation. Salvation is for today. And when the enemy comes and lies to you, you got to just stop right there and say, that is not true because I know I am saved. I'm born again. He wants to accept you. What do I mean by that? It's only the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses you where you could be acceptable before the Lord. You're not accepted by the Lord because you do good, good things. You're not acceptable by the Lord because, you know, you pray a lot, because you're, you go to church a lot. You're accepted by the Lord because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so when you mess up, when you, chaos goes on in your life, when family and people accuse you and all kinds of things that go on in your life, you need to understand who you are in Jesus Christ. You are a child, a son, or a daughter of God. That's who you are today. The second foundational ministry of Jesus, I got to go quicker here because I get so fired up about this, but we'll teach it next year. Spirit baptism. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Holy Spirit ascended on him when he was water baptized. He has anointed me. So every person needs to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. If you want to walk in the power of the Spirit, defeating every work of the enemy, then what you must do is walk with the the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The third basic foundation of the ministry of Jesus is healing, physical healing, recovery, recovery of sight to the blind, it says in that passage. The fourth ministry is deliverance. This is next week. Proclaim liberty to the captives. In order for you to be free, you need to be delivered. Amen. And the fifth ministry, and we're going to talk about today, is emotional healing. The Bible says there in the passage, heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those who are pressed. Remember I said, look at the word liberty. To set at liberty those who are bruised in the King James Version. Watch this. So I have two points here regarding this, and I want you to just really grab a hold of this. I'm going to slow down here for a second, then we're going to speed up again. So here's my first point of two points today. Broken hearts. Broken in the Greek means to break in pieces or to shatter. I explained this about seven weeks ago in a sermon. The explanation, it's like throwing a jar down and it shatters in pieces so it's uncoverable, unrecoverable. I'll say that again. So that the glass is unrecoverable. And there are many Christians that believe their areas of your life because of emotional hurt that you will never recover from this situation in your life. And I want to tell you, today's the day. This is the day that that is going to take place. Because why? Because you understand when Jesus came, he came to heal you emotionally. So this is what Jesus basically is saying. 
The word heart is the word cardia, is where we get our word cardiac. Basically, Jesus is saying, I have come to set at liberty a heart that has been broken or shattered. And there are some in this room, and it breaks my heart, using the term we're talking about, that you still are shattered because of things in your past. I didn't say you don't remember. I'm saying that things are shattered. But did you know that this healing, emotional healing, also causes you to forget? Let's go on. So my question then to you is, has your heart ever been broken? Most of us would say, oh, of course it has. All right. The good news, there is someone who can heal your heart. And that's the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is someone who can put every piece together. And you don't have to live with a broken heart, church. You don't have to live with that. So let me show you about two strongholds. And there are many strongholds we've talked about. But the two is about your heart, the shattered heart. When your heart is shattered, you automatically step into bondage. And there are two areas. First is a bondage of a broken heart strictly by an attack of the enemy, which is most of the time. Most broken hearts are not because someone had dealt you dirty. Most broken hearts is because the enemy has come in an open door and has done something in your emotions, created you to think the wrong thoughts that has produced a shattered heart. It is a spiritual battle And that is most of the battle we have with broken hearts. And the second bondage comes in through a bruise. Comes in through a bruise. So if you get hit, then a bruise appears after. And I I want you to, to just think about this for a second. What happens many times when our heart is broken It comes through a stronghold, listen very closely, of rejection, which this rejection takes place in all of us. I'm not talking about that you made a mistake, that you believe the wrong way. I'm talking about what we need to understand. The heart is broken over a relationship, over a friendship, or the loss of someone. Yes, that happens. But again, a shattered heart, and it has come through a seed of something we were born into. It's not something that we, you know, just because we've made wrong decisions, this happened. We were born into a rejection, all right? So let me go on and show you what I'm talking about. I want you to notice when rejection comes in, we are susceptible to rejection as human beings. I'll say that again. When rejection comes in, we are, ex- we are susceptible 
to rejection of human beings. So in other words, rejection in life happens because rejection is in our lives. Let me go on. I'm I'm, I'm peeling the, the banana here. So why is that? Here's the theological truth that I want you to understand. We're actually born rejected from God. The reason is we're born with sin. Because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we were born with a sin nature. A holy God cannot have relationship with us unless the blood of Jesus covers our sins or removes our sins, removed New Testament, Old Testament, it was covered over by the sacrifice. Now, because of this truth, we are very easily rejected in this life. Hang on with me. I know I'm I'm piercing these deceptive lies of the enemy. And it's someone else's fault. It's all the different things. But we need to understand all of us have been born into this rejection because of the sin of Adam, because of sin being born in sin. Much of what happens to us while growing up fosters this wound of rejection. That's why we want to take our little ones and teach them of the love of God and the acceptance of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Numbers 14.34, let's go on, let's, let's keep going here. According to the number of days in which you spied out the land, Forty days for each day you shall uh, your guilt one year. Each day you shall your guilt one year, namely forty years, and you shall know my rejection. Now I want you to understand that's God talking to His people. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's talking to Israel. He says, "You will know because you rejected me. You will know my rejection." And here's the result. Hosea tells us the result. Israel has rejected the good. The enemy will pursue him. Because we were born in sin, the enemy pursues us. We're talking about possession. We're talking about oppression. We're talking about this healing, this emotional healing. He pursues us. And because there is that spiritual rejection, the prophet Hosea said, because you have rejected God's way, you have opened the door to the enemy for rejection. And so before you were born again, before you confessed Jesus Christ the Lord, and if you haven't, do it today, because today's the day you can do it, and you will be absolutely accepted by God. Scripture shows us, now watch this. Scripture shows us under a broken heart seven strongholds that come from the root of rejection. How do you get rid of this root? You become born again. And how do you get rid of of emotional devastation 
and have emotional healing is that you finally realize that you are accepted by God, no matter what. Pastor, are you saying we can do whatever we want to do and God accept? No, no, no. That's not what Scripture says. So let's not go there. Let's not waste our time going to that deceptive mentality. What I'm telling you is that if you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, you are 100% accepted by God. But what I'm telling you to get this emotional healing of the rejection that you felt through the years uh, and these things that I'm going to show you that, that crop up in our lives that create havoc and chaos in our families and our jobs and our businesses and everything that we, you need to understand and think. Remember the mindset free? We need to think that Jesus Christ has totally accepted us and no matter what has happened in your past, today, or your future, you know you're accepted by God and emotional hurt. Yes, there will be hurt in this life, tribulation, but it will not become a bondage in your life. You will not be, you will not be a person that thinks by your hurt. You'll be a person that thinks by a, a son or a daughter that's accepted by God. And when some ding-dong tells you something that's a lie use of the enemy, notice it's a lie, you can say, I don't know where you're coming from, and I'm going to show you where they're coming from, but the reality is you can say, yeah, I don't believe that. You can say that a thousand times. I don't believe that. Why? Because you know you are accepted, and you know you are healed. And no longer the spirit of rejection rules your life. Are you with me? All right. Well, in the educational field, and I'm not knocking it, I'm just telling you so that we can uh, understand the spiritual and the natural. In the educational field, they're not recognizing spiritual things like I'm talking to you about. They call these strongholds that we've been talking about a personality disorder, okay? And what they're describing is what it is, but they're not attributing it to spirit. And I want to tell you, it's only understanding the acceptance of Jesus Christ because of the blood of Jesus that will bring you true healing in your life. Let's go on. Now, I understand, just to touch on that a little bit more, we have personalities, but these are emotional strongholds that keep us in bondage, and they stem back to the root of rejection because we were born in sin. Now, broken hearts, let's talk about it, broken hearts and the seven strongholds. Here's the first one. You ready? Anger. Anger. People who have outbursts of anger actually have a spirit of rejection. A rage they cannot control. Years ago, I had anger. I'll tell you the kind of anger that I had. I was in college and growing up, successful in different things and, you know, worked hard before I went to college and had money. And then I was uh, told that I was going to be a supervisor at a, at a job, 
and they were training me for it. Two weeks later, um, the boss came in and says, no, I want a family member to be that supervisor, which would have $3 more an hour for me. That was back in 1979, beginning in 1979. And so I went in the other room, you know, very calm and collected as a Bible college student, and I punched a wall. None of you have ever done that, have you? Never had outbursts of anger. And right then and there, the Lord began to speak to me and said, I have your life, your future in my hands. Why are you concerned about what other people do? So that was the, the beginning stage of me understanding about being born in this rejection to where when rejection happens, anger will crop up. So years ago, there was a movie, remember the Incredible Hulk? The actor said, you don't want to see me when I'm angry. He'd become the Hulk, right? The scriptural example is Saul. 1 Samuel 19.9 says this, Now the distressing spirit from the Lord, from the Lord, everyone say from the Lord. The distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand, and David was playing music with his hand. Notice it was from the Lord. This word distressing is in the Old Testament 663 times. It's translated 442 it's translated evil. 442 times it's translated evil. Not distressing, but evil spirit. I'm going to tell you why later. Verse 10. Then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear. little anger problem, right? But he slipped away from Saul's presence, and he drove the spear into the wall. So David fled and escaped that night. See, Saul rejected God first, his ways. But when Saul was rejected, he opened the door for an evil spirit to come in, and he actually tried to murder someone. It's what happens in this world, folks. It's spiritual. The second stronghold from rejection is insecurity. People who constantly need attention. People who are concerned where they sit in a meeting to be noticed. Sometimes I've, I've learned this, and, and it's really difficult sometimes, and not here anymore because we're just a family. But from the platform, if I would ever, you know, compliment someone, ultimately there would be others that would get upset because I didn't recognize them. That's insecurity. I know in ministry, you know, I was involved in a lot of things with our organization. And there were the people that I just knew that, you know, I, the, the president of the organization, whatever, said, hey, Gary, come on, sit over here. And I would make sure that there was always a chair open for this certain person because they were so insecure they wanted to be around the leaders. I would rather go sit in the background. Amen. I, I would. I, you know, I'm a leader, but I'd rather, because I know if I'm walking in godly things, then God will give me the connection to be able to communicate with everybody. The Bible says he'll set you before kings. But you need to understand that. There are times in life you will be rejected. Because in this world, rejection is a spirit, 
And literally, we need to understand that rejection started because we were born in sin. Now, because we're born again, we need to change our thinking so emotional healing can overwhelm us and we no longer will be in bondage to stuff of our past, present, and or future. It's a spirit. You need to get free from that spirit of insecurity. Here's a third stronghold. Pride from rejection. Pride. We talked about this a lot a few weeks ago. People who portray they have it all together, and they talk a lot, and they give their opinion, don't care about anybody else's opinion. Here's the fourth. Independence. A person who can make it on their own and don't need anyone. Did you know that type of person, independent, it's very difficult for you to develop a relationship with other, someone else? You won't listen to counsel. They know better and will do what they want to do no matter what. See, this could come from a spirit of rejection, and it's developed a stronghold of independence. When God asks me to do something, not my will but yours be done, and I will do it. But I've also learned that doing church is a team, that we do this together. We do church together. Amen. There's one hero, true hero. There are many people who've done heroic things in the body of Christ, but there's only one hero, and his name is Jesus Christ. Funny how speaking, you can see people. You're looking at me, and you're seeing my eyeballs, but I'm seeing some of you go like this, looking around. And, you know, it, it's, it's hilarious, but let me just say this to you. Just take a deep breath. We all face a spiritual battle. We do. And we cover it up. In churchendom, don't we? We cover it up because, you know, we're just so gracious and loving. No, you're not. You're impatient because when you go home, you talk about the person you were patient with at the office. Okay, let's go on. The fifth bondage from rejection is those that are easily offended. You take comments very personally. You, You can't joke with them. You have to be very careful. You ever have to walk? How many, don't raise your hands. How many of you had to walk on eggshells on Thanksgiving Day with a family member? All right, anyway, let's go on. As a youth pastor, I joked around a lot. As a youth pastor, I, I also, uh, uh, just practical joker. I had a lot of fun as a counselor, all kinds of stuff. I joked around, but you know what? As a youth pastor, they began to hear me speak at camps and stuff, and so they wanted me to speak to adults. Well, when I first began to speak with adults, you know, I, I'd say the same type of stuff because I'm a youth pastor, right? Uh, young and all this stuff. And, <laughs> and then I'd have adults come up to me after the service. You know what, Gary? You shouldn't say things like that in church. And for a while, I, I, I really lost it for about six months to a year. I didn't know who I was then. And I had to really restructure 
because at that time, I really didn't understand what I'm teaching you today, is that there are some people that are easily offended. Matter of fact, a bruise is, remember I said that earlier, a bruise is inward bleeding. And you know, it discolors on the inside, and soon the discoloring will go away. But what a doctor says is, have you ever had a bruise and someone hit that bruise? He says, what you can do is re-injure that bruise, and it bleeds some more. And so that's what happens with people who are offended easily, that they're walking around and, and just almost like every day, every other day, something's happening that's rekindling, rekindling their offense. Someone has said something in the past that has wounded you, and someone else bumps that bruise with another statement, and you bleed and hurt again. Here's the good news. Jesus healed that. Number six, excessive shyness or loneliness. Now, we understand we all have personalities. Some are more exuberant because of their gifting God gave them, more boastful. Some are more talkative or whatever. I am not talking about a personality. I'm talking about excessiveness. And excessive shyness or loneliness is really a fear of people. Is that we're afraid of what people will think. We're afraid of what people will say. We're afraid of making a fool of ourselves. Fear just runs rampant. And I want, I want to tell you, it has come from the original sin of rejection. Just read the story of Adam and Eve and how did they act right after they sinned with God. Here's the seventh. Here's a, a doozy, control and manipulation. And I'm going to be pretty strong with this one because there's no place in the body of Christ for this. None of them, but especially for this. I've experienced in 43 years of ministry those who are controlling and, and manipulate. They have the spirit of rejection. They're trying to control other people's responses so that person or peoples don't reject them because they're still walking around with emotional hurt. They don't know the trigger, the term we use today, but they... And interrupt a lot. I've had people in my office who, when I uh, was discussing them, some things they asked me, brought out scripture and discussing their action because of the lack of the word, uh, they turn it around on me. I brought discipline to people through the years. I, you know, as a supervisor, as a boss, whatever. Finally, I said, okay, let's talk about me to one guy, I finally just, I, I had it, you know. He keeps turning around to me or someone else. I says, okay, well, let's talk about me as long as you want. For days if you want. If you want to come in the next five days and talk about me and who I am, I'd be, I'd be glad to do that. But when you're finally done talking about me, I want to talk about you. Because you're the one who is offended and you're the one that needs healing. See, 
when we don't understand this power of our salvation that brings emotional healing, what happens is we, we, we try to be everybody's fixer. We try to fix everybody. And if they don't react or whatever, we, we just kind of, that rejection comes. We want to push them away. We, you know, all the different things. And if you're confronting someone like this, they're wanting to push you away. And I want to tell you, let's not push each other away. Let's love one another. Let's walk in this power of relationship. And this works in your home. It works on your job. Everywhere you go, because you know that Jesus Christ has set you free. Well, here's my second point. We talked about broken hearts, shattered hearts. Now let's talk about bruises. See, I I could have put in front of the two points, Jesus heals broken hearts. But here's my second point, Jesus heals bruises. You're already hurt. You're bruised. Scripture says he set at liberty those who are oppressed. And the King James says to set at liberty those who are bruised. What that means, a bruise can hold you in bondage. If Jesus said, I can set people free, those who are oppressed, bruised, and crushed, it means a bruise can hold you into bondage. We have to get to a place of realizing in this world you will have tribulation, things will go on. But you need to go back to the understanding that you are born again, you're a child of God, and Jesus Christ accepts you. And if you've made a mistake, and if you've done something wrong, then you're big enough to say, I blew it. Please forgive me. And you move on. Has anyone been crushed? Yeah, you have, some of you, by a loss of a marriage, a loss of a relationship, a loss of a family member. And I'm going to just pause for a second and say, church family, I'm not being flippant here. I'm not trying to be cold. What I'm trying to tell you is that these hurts, these bruises are real. But Jesus Christ has set you free. You don't have to live in this emotional pain anymore. You are set free. So I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm trying to, as a a shepherd, as a pastor, to grab a hold of you and bring you out of this You're born again, you love Jesus, you pray, you worship, you're in the Word, all the different things, but you're emotionally crushed, and it's been lasting for years and or decades, and I'm asking you, will you allow Jesus Christ to set you free? What happens when we are bruised? Then unforgiveness comes in. Matthew 18 very interesting. I don't have time to read the whole story, but remember Peter asked uh, Jesus, how often should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Peter thought he was really spiritual, said seven times, and Jesus answers, no, 70 times seven. In other words, the answer to all the law. 
the answer to all the law. Then Jesus goes into the story, a certain man owed $52 million, and his master forgave him of the $52 million. But that same man that was forgiven, another slave owed him $44 in the same currency, and he threw him into prison. So Jesus asked the question back, says, what do you think the master will do with this? In Matthew 18, verse 32, watch this. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Now, let me just say this to you, a little hint. This is about salvation. This story is about salvation. We owed and God forgave. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers till he should pay all that was due to him. Notice the word torturers can be translated tormentor. Who is a tormentor? Demonic force. Verse 35, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. That's what a bruise is. It's unforgiveness. Remember, an evil spirit comes on Saul from the Lord. Remember, Jesus said, my heavenly father will turn you over to the torturers if you don't forgive. 1 Corinthians 5, Paul said, turn the man uh, that's in sin over to Satan to destroy the flesh, but deliver such a one. Now, what, what does all mean? You know, the Bible's confusing. No, it's not. Why would God do this? Think about the Old Testament. When Israel would reject God, God would turn them over to the enemy. They'd be in bondage. Remember, we've never been in bondage. Yeah, you have. Your history is bondage because of their rejection of God. So they would repeat or repent and come back to God so they would know what bondage is like and not want to stay in bondage. Bruises hurt. Emotional distress is absolutely horrendous. It comes in and it steals and it kills and it literally destroys things around you. And we need to understand and grab a hold of these are the ministries that Jesus had. This is it. And this brings you out of any bondage in your life when you understand what these things are. Church family, I love who you are. But as a shepherd, as a pastor, I want you to know Jesus Christ did the work. Let's begin to believe the fullness of what he did. I am no longer rejected. I'm accepted by God. And if I'm accepted by God, I can do anything. See, if you stay in bondage, like Israel 
you can die. And I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking relationships, all kinds of things. God wants you to forgive. We cannot be delivered next week until there's true repentance. Because God is a judge. James 4, 7 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Freedom. I'm free. You cannot resist the devil until you submit to God, though. You cannot reject the devil unless you submit to God. You have to recognize the truth. (coughs) By the way, the guy that Paul turned over to Satan repented, and Paul said, forgive him. 2 Corinthians 2.10, Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Verse 11, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. A wound opens us up to Satan's stuff. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. The word transform means masquerades. He pretends to be a good angel. I'm on your side. They did you wrong. You don't need to be around them. You don't telling you those things. I want to tell you that's emotional distress and you need to forgive. Doesn't mean you have to hang out with people, but you need to forgive. See, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. Satan is a tormentor. But what Satan does when you get hurt is he puts the mask up and pretends to be your comforter. You've been there. I have. Sitting in that room, TV, you're acting like you're watching a game or watching a movie. You're not watching the movie. You're going over and over and over the hurt and the distress of what's going on and what's going to happen tomorrow and the fear of what people are going to say and what's going to happen. And the reality is, is that's the tormentor because of unforgiveness. Satan will say, you know, that person's wrong. Notice he did that last week. He'll do it again. See, the enemy wants to torment you, and I, I want deliverance. I don't want to be tormented. How many of you? Do, you want to be tormented? See, this, this is something because the enemy has given us, and, and let me tell you, I've read a hundred of them. He wants self-help books. This is how you can better yourself. I get it. I enjoy them. I read them. A lot of wisdom, how to do things, stuff like that. But I want to tell you, if it's self-help, you'll never get over it. But it's Holy Spirit help, you'll get over it. Amen? Makes sense, doesn't it? 
because where it came from was from the beginning because you were born in sin. It didn't come from because you made a mistake or someone else did something to you. It came because of a spiritual evil and his name is Satan and his demonic forces that want to come in and bring bondage in your life. Oh, you're so quiet. The biggest thing other than salvation is when you get emotionally healed because then you start making Godly decisions. Amen. God wants to heal you of your past wounds. And I want to say you know what those wounds are. If someone has hurt you, in most cases, they will never ask you to forgive them. You can't change a cat into a dog. You can't. Stop trying to fix what other people will do. The only thing you can do is open yourself up to the Lord and allow him, his salvation, to overwhelm you and you walk in health emotionally. Jesus will get on his knees in front of you and take that hurt off of you and wash you and set you free. Remember, he washed the feet of the disciples. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit in a moment to bring back some of your memories. And you're saying, Pastor, don't do that because I've already stuffed them way back here. And once in a while it crops up. No, I don't want it to crop up anymore. You know why I don't want it to crop up anymore? Because all that stuff is a bunch of crop. It is. I'm not making light of things, but I'm trying to get you to understand how serious this is and how easy this is. You don't have to crawl on your knees for five miles proving to God that you're willing to suffer. Jesus suffered for you. Abuse verbally physical abuse, sexual abuse, relationships, a spouse that rejects you, something that you did, whatever it is, Holy Spirit, bring it back to memory. I'm going to ask if you'd stand with me. If a memory or for most of us, a group of memories come up in your mind. Today's your day. It's a done deal. Today's your day. I'm going to ask you to submit the memory to the Lord and I'm going to ask you to repeat with me. And when we do this, please understand the seriousness. No, no getting up, walking around right now. Silence your phones if you need to. Whatever you need to do. This is the most vital thing that you could do other than your salvation. Is to recognize the power of your salvation. Especially 
of the five emotional healing. Go ahead and repeat after me. Father, I submit these memories to you. I ask you to heal me now. From all the stress and give me holy forgetfulness. And I choose now by an act of my will to forgive, to forget, and to be healed in Jesus' name. Just just stay quiet for for a moment. Think about what you just said. I know you repeated what I told you to say. Make it personal. Make it real. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Breakthrough. Manifest now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Jesus, you did the work for us. We are now accepted by the blood of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, guide us in this future. This revelation of who we are in Christ. And no longer allow other people's stuff destroy us but be a person who can take what you've given us and help others see the truth of being set free from our emotional healing set free from our emotional disorder from our emotional difficulty we are healed Emotionally, physically, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, no longer our spirit has sinned. Brand new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Lord, I thank you for that anointing and that power that transforms lives. Everyone look at me, please. I, Holy Spirit just saying just one more thing I need to explain to you. Most of the hurt and bruise that comes is because people do not take responsibility of their own actions. And they point the finger. And when we're in bondage, we point the finger. Why? Because the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brother. People need to take responsibility of their walk. And that's why so proud of this church because you do 
you walk in such anointing and blessing. But I am just grabbing hold of every one of you now. And I spiritually in prayer and my teaching, I'm ripping down. I'm pulling down these strongholds by the truth of the word of God. No longer this is a difficulty for you because I prayed and you've accepted the emotional healing that God has given. Amen? Just look around. Look, look around at your brothers and sisters. How awesome they are. How beautiful and handsome they are. How amazing, gifted, called of God, anointed of God. Special giftings. I know some of us are special, but we're all special to God. Amen? We're all special to God. And when we walk in the truth, allowing ourselves to see others as God sees them, how does God see them? Accepted. They're real. Amen. I love you. Ladies, sign up. Amen. I, I can't wait for the next few weeks with what God has for us. The decorations coming up tomorrow. Phew. Awesome. God bless you. Love you. Have an amazing day.